Well, well, welcome. My name is Tyler, and the hour has come for us to be one mind and one purpose. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, so we're going to share peace and harmony and love, man. Barry is here to tell us how on earth we can get along with somebody who prefers Twizzlers over Red Vines. And I want them whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. So let's get started and welcome in our favorite allies and co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Hey. Good day, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? I'm great. Guys, you know what? What? Spring break is upon us. Spring break. Yeah, spring break. Well, Barry, you've already had a spring break. I already had a spring break. Marin, you're going out of town. I am. After Easter. Spring break. It's almost here. Spring break. Yeah, you and I. I mean, we're not going together, but we're both going out of town next (laughs) week. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah? Yeah. I've got great news. (laughs) Oh, you're chomping at the bit. Mm -hmm. You got some uh, bunny news. I Yes, stole my thunder, but yes, we have officially adopted Humphrey the Rabbit. Woo! Yeah. Yay! So help me, so help me, Tyler. <laughs> we need to change that and get a better one. It's Why? the worst. I like it. It's, we need to have uh, one that's our voices. Oh, I like that one. My <laughs> wife thinks it's you, too. I know. It's the, yeah. It does sound kind of sound like me. All right, guess, so tell but. us all about Humphrey. So, first of all, Everybody knows that rabbits are like, they sit in a tiny little cage. They yeah. eat only pellets and, and they don't, and they love to be hugged. All of those things Wait. are false. I was going to say, I saw a video of your rabbit yeah, so, eating like a king rabbit, like yeah. all of the varieties of lettuce. Yeah. So Humphrey has completely changed everything I thought I knew about rabbits. What? All of it. Like what? <laughs> like, okay. First of all, uh, they are really, uh, they've got a lot of personality and I didn't think they did. I thought they were like giant hamsters. Yeah, basically. I, I figured they all had the same personality. Right, which they don't. And Humphrey <laughs> is actually very unique. So first of all, okay. he is, uh, he's, he's very uh, clever. He, mm-hmm. he gets, he's gotten out of his pen that we've designed. I keep, it's like an arms race with him because I keep <laughs> designing new ways <laughs> <laughs> to like lock him into this pen at night. So he's not going to oh, get no. out and like chew on stuff and harm himself. And oh, literally no. three different mornings now I've woken up and he's looking up at me from the side of my bed. <laughs> he's gotten, gotten out of the pen. And so I'm like, okay, you stinker. I'm going to get another, another latch on the, on the gate or something. But oh he's amazing. He found a way to get up on top of this little cardboard hidey hole that I made him. And he jumped out of the cage hidey one hole. night. What is a hidey, hidey hole? They, sometimes rabbits, <laughs> they're like prey animals. So they often, they are skittish. And so they often want to, find somewhere that they can just go and like hide. So giving him like a little, little bit of shelter in his cage gives him some, some place, you know, to, fi- to be <laughs> did safe. Did you name it Heidi hole? I did. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably, is there something wrong with that? No, name? no, no I don't right. know. I just, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now it's a Heidi house because once he found a way to get on top of the box and jump out, I gave it a, a pointed roof with two other pieces of cardboard so that he couldn't jump on it. Mm. Anyway, it's so an you arms race. Are, you guys are in love. Oh, we're in love with him. So here's the thing. He is, he is, he will come up, he'll wander around the apartment doing his thing. Uh, and then every now and then he'll just come up to us and just like kind of put his head down a little bit. And if we go to pet him, he will just put his head down onto his paws, sit down on his haunches and just let us like, just pet him. He loves it. And he, mm-hmm. he like clicks his teeth together just to let us know that it's like yeah. his version of purring. It's awesome. Really? Yeah. Rabbits. I had no idea. Yeah. In their, in their own way. Uh, but the other day he threw a tantrum, which was so, yeah, no, he did. I didn't know this is thing. (laughs) This is a thing. But when, when rabbits are expressing disapproval, 
they will thump their back legs to like on the ground, like, like mm. thump, thump. And one day we were, we were, um, it was like the second day that we had him or something. Uh-huh. And he was, we were watch, trying to watch a movie or something. And he got up on the coffee table and started nibbling at the table runner that we had on there. And, and Liv was like, no Humphrey, no, come on, get down, get down. She like patted him and he jumped off and he literally turned his back to us and started thumping. <laughs> he was like a toddler throwing a tantrum. And then, and then he like, he, after thumping like four or five times, he like walked a little bit farther away and then sat with his back to us and kind of looked back at us with his no, side, he side didn't. eye. Oh yeah. Humphrey he was a little experiencing attitude. some yeah. entitlement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very spoiled now. So, right. anyway. so <laughs> an- rabbits are like prey animals, right? Right. Okay. What is thumping gonna do? So, I if he's think- upset that he's getting chased by a owl or something, what's thumping? Thumping is well, nothing. There's two kinds of thumping. There's the kind of thumping he does, which is sitting still and just showing us that he's upset. <laughs> there's also <laughs> thumping that he'll do while moving, and that's went to actually signal some kind of alarm. So uh-huh. it's actually a pretty loud, surprisingly loud sound where he'll start running and he'll like thump one of his legs really loud. Uh-huh. So and that, it like, scares the predator. I don't think it's ever meant to scare the predators. It's more to like, like let his friends know, hey, there's yeah, something I'm after me. I'm about to get eaten. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, anyway, but Humphrey is delightful. We love him. Great. And our Instagram stories oh, are yes. pretty much only <laughs> rabbits now. It's just eating salad. Yeah. Yes. Rabbits eating salad. It's extremely Very cute. entertaining. You and got to meet the rabbit, Tyler. I did not get to meet the rabbit. You did not? My Your son, son did. got ah. to meet the rabbit as well as my wife. They got a seven month old baby with a rabbit. It was what very could be better. Milo was very not sure how he thought, how he felt. Cause, really? Yeah. Cause first of all, the rabbit's bigger than you think when you, everybody who sees him at first is like, whoa, he's bigger than I expected. And Milo was like, I don't know this thing. And he was concerned, but was then he after like, a bit, gra- out, like, no, first he was like face. Kind of almost crying. Cause he was oh. like, what is this creature? But then later on when he was watching him eat salad, he started getting like into it and had some big smile on his face. And then he went and tried to grab his face. Yeah. So how much money are you spending on salad? It, well, it's not, <laughs> the real cost is actually hay. Oh, you rabbits get a bunch of hay. Need eat, they can eat an unlimited amount of hay. Uh, yeah. So they're, he's teaching me that good fiber is important in your diet. Oh, they eat hay. Hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. A lot of things. I will. So has it made you think we've got to get Humphrey a bunny pal, like a, another one. Apparently rabbit bonding is a lot more complicated than you think because <laughs> they, <laughs> they are oh very gosh. picky. Uh, but this, this, this place that we adopted them from, and I've joked about them in the past about how uh-huh. they're just really, really intense and really concerned about animal welfare and the welfare of these bunnies. But at the same time, they're also extremely knowledgeable and really, sure. really good at what they do. Um, and so they have a whole system they go through to try to bond bunnies where they go on dates. They'll bring them no. together to a neutral space that neither of them has been to before so that they can both. Cause if you bring one of them as a outsider into a, to the other person's familiar space, then he'll be defensive. <laughs> and so it's, they've got this whole, wow. they take them on dates like, and then, and then they refer to them as husband oh no. and wife. It's, I it's feel possible. like that's a reality people show. People who take bunnies out on dates. <laughs> are a signal that we are running out of problems in this world. <laughs> That's a signal that we have officially run out of problems. Or, or it is a signal that some people have found their true calling in being stewards of God's creation. I'm going to agree with Tyler. Husbands. <laughs> okay, maybe the world's not ready for, yeah. for husbands yet, but. My goodness. Marin, what is going on with you? 
All right. So this, this is interesting. Every time I come here and we record this thing, I know you're going to ask me that. Every and time. And I don't know why every time it's like, oh, no. always, always did surprised. anything happen to me? Yeah, oh, of course no. it did. Totally drawing a blank. No way. Um, okay. You were in North India yesterday. I was you in North India. I know. I have to like walk backwards through my week. You bought, um, what, what's up with the house search? Oh Lord. Last week it was <laughs> raccoons. Yeah, what's this it, week? Do you find any raccoons? Um, we did look at Raccoon House. And, <laughs> How did that go? Uh, it was not up to par. Okay. Oh. I had to it shut that one down. It was a shutter downer. Pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Pretty quick. Now we're looking specifically um, in the in Fishers, but in the Fishers High School region. That's mm-hmm. where my son really, really wants to go to school. Um, and it's extremely hard to find anything right now. There's a lot that's out there, but it's going very quickly. Like within a couple of hours. Like what do you need? There Mom? and gone. Need a realtor? What do you no, need? No, no, we have a realtor. Okay. Um, just, uh, I don't know. Because you Have you God's made offers Providence. on a house or anything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't want to talk about this? <laughs> it's just so hard to talk about. We did make an offer it's on a house, but I don't think that they accepted it. Okay. In fact, I'm fairly certain they did not. <laughs> okay. So yeah. the thing with houses, I've only bought one house in my life. Yeah, me too. I've only, bought, be, I've only bought zero. So. You got to be quick. You got to be quick. Yeah. And like we put an offer on a house and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we will let you know by this date and this time, whether we accept it or not. Or if we do a counter offer and you have about 11 minutes to decide if we want to accept the counter offer or not. And it's always super frustrating and anxiety ridden. Oh yeah. Have and you do you found- always end up spending a ton more than you planned on? Is that Well, how I've only done happens? it once. And yes, we spent more than we planned on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just scary. Yeah. Yeah. I'll renting has, renting has a few perks and this is one of them. The worst thing is just having to go apartment shopping occasionally. Yeah. But then when you have a house, you have a house. So I guess there's a, uh, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we what's wanna, next? We want to just be in one place so the kids could go through all of their high school years, just sure. settled in a place yeah. that feels like home mm-hmm. to them. So that's kind of the point, but all right. what's next? Um, Easter. And then yes. vacation, yes. And then we can dive back in. Where headlong. will you be on vacation? Um, so my husband's family were all taking a trip to Gatlinburg um, mm-hmm. and they rented like a big cabin. So we're all going to be together for the entire Gatlinburg's week. Gatlinburg's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been there before. Jed and I have been to Gatlinburg. I've never been. What's, the, what's the thing? It's just uh, Southern charm. We yeah. did a lot of hiking. There's a lot of like touristy things Nature, that man. you can do, but we just love being outdoors. Yeah. And I love waterfalls. I'm from the Midwest. Oh, didn't yeah. get to see a whole lot of waterfalls in my day. So mm-hmm. when I can, I just love that. And the kids love it too. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I did, I've, never, I've heard of Gatlinburg a lot. Where is it? Which state? Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, well, okay. I just like, for some reason I thought, I wasn't thinking nature. I was thinking like Civil War reenactors and like horse drawn That's probably buddies. there too. Yeah, I know a few of them. You're thinking of Gettysburg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. But uh, okay, well, good. I stand corrected. Now I want to go to Gatlinburg. Yeah. All right. So one thing did happen to me. Oh, see? Friday before see? the snowstorm. Oh, snowstorm. Snowstorm was bad. Yeah. Did not enjoy that. Well, actually, I'll take it back. We were out house hunting during the snowstorm. So that part was bad. But <sighs> as soon as we got home, I just spent the rest of the day cooking and baking. And that made it the best yeah. snow day ever. Um, so what the, happened The day Friday? before that- I descended deep into the belly of the beast and I went 
to an electronics store by Whoa. myself. <laughs> what? By yourself? Why? By myself. Because I needed this certain chord by Sunday to like make everything happen uh-huh. at North India. I just needed this one chord and whatever. So <laughs> I didn't even know like the exact name of the chord that I was looking for. I just knew it had to have this end and then this other thing on the other end. One end was a USB and one end was something else. I don't know. But uh-huh. I brought my pedal in to be able to show the sales associate, like, hey, I need something that goes from this to USB. So I walk in to this place. I won't tell you the name of it because I don't want to get in trouble or anything. Fries. Won't tell you the name of it because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble okay. or anything. But it was like the Cabela's of the electronic world. It was like, fries. It's yeah, got to be definitely fries. fries. It, it was immediately overwhelming <laughs> beyond anything I'd ever experienced. And I already like just have major anxiety about yeah. being there. Yeah. So there are three. Let's just try to keep track of how many people tried to help me on this trip. <laughs> there are three sales associates and I walk right up to them with my pedal and I'm like, Hey, I just need something that goes from this thing to, oh, okay. And they point about a football field away <laughs> and say, it's uh, a computer accessory. So look for the sign that says computer accessories and it'll be there. So I'm going up and down the aisles. They well, didn't that's the walk first me problem. there. Yeah, right. they got to walk you there. No, they did not walk me there. I had to go. They pointed yonder. He, how does he know you can read? <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So I go and I'm walking up and down the aisles and I don't see anything. So I ask sales associate number four, hey, I need this cord. Um, And he points and says, it's on the back wall. So I don't know why the first guy couldn't have just told me that it was on the back wall. Go until you hit the wall. It's there. I'm already feeling salty at this point. So, um, okay, the back wall. I wish the first guy would have told me that. So I'm looking on the back wall. I do find the thing. Made sure it fit. Okay, yep, this is the one. Then I go to the front to find zero cash registers. I just want to leave the building at this point. Oh yeah, that's the first mistake. You can't can't do that. I I couldn't even leave. Why? Sales associate five sees the distress on my face. Where are the cash registers? Can I help you, ma'am? Yes. I just- (laughs) I want to leave. I want to pay for this and I want to leave. (laughs) And he laughs and he's, he points again, all the pointing in the world happened yeah. to me on Friday. And he said, it's down the hallway and around the corner. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> to leave? To leave, to leave. And then it's one of those super long lines. That's kind of like when you're at Marshall's or something mm-hmm. like that. We're like. Sounds like you're describing fries. I just won't say. <laughs> <laughs> Was there so- a really, really long aisle of just impulse buys? Cause they know yeah. you're going to be standing there. Definitely. My breaking point came <laughs> at the cash register when the kind sales associate just wanted to give me a bag, but I'm telling you guys, I didn't need one. And so he asked me and I Did said, you cry? no, it's okay. I've got it. And then he asked me again and I said, no, really it's, it's fine. I'll just carry it to the car. Then he asked me a third time mm. and I said, because it's so heavy, right? Like, yeah, what? I don't know. I got really sarcastic oh, and, and straight up rude. I'm very disappointed in myself. He oh, paid, no. the, he paid the price for I all of the other stuff. I saw the look on his face <laughs> and immediately felt terrible. I'm so sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I just- Oh, you were apologizing. I just want to go home. She snapped at him for trying to be helpful. <laughs> then I got to the exit region after all of this. Uh, region. And I think this was, this might've been sales associate six or seven by that point after cashier guy. And he has to like draw a line on my receipt. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, there is yeah. nothing I cannot stand fries. more. Why? Costco, 
I mean, whatever. Oh, we're just, like, naming, you have to we're just wait naming grocery stores. Name no problem. That's, that's fine. <laughs> you have to wait in line. That's fine. But when they take the time to like draw a smiley face, like they're just oh, taking yeah. more time. Yeah. I can't handle it. The it kids sounds like he's that guy, that guy, the last one that circled your receipt with the smiley face or whatever. He, he woke me. up that morning and he was like, you know what? Life has been really hard for me, but today I'm going to make this a great day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Mary's like, just get it over with. I'm not proud of myself. Well, you guys. it sounds like the way you go into an electronic store. sounds like how I enter into like AutoZone. It's Jed and Ikea. I am oh, at my yeah. absolute most yeah. unresourceful when I'm in an electronic store. <laughs> I go into AutoZone and I'm like, my car is like, can you fix that? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, if you just walk to the end of the wall. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's making this like clicking. Right. So the, the, the icing on the cake yeah. was the last guy, the receipt guy. And all he said was, have a nice day. Did you find everything okay? Oh. And I said, no. <laughs> oh no. And it looked like I stepped See, now you, on his now cat. you are increasing the amount of time by saying no. Cause now you I know he has something to be else real. to say. But then I realized no one ever tells him no. Like no one, right. everyone is just giving the obligatory yes. Right. Like yeah, we're good. all supposed to say yes. Yeah. And again, I wish I could have recorded the facial expressions because he just, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm, yeah, I'm really sorry that happened to you. <laughs> I have no other <laughs> thing to give you, but my apologies. No. <laughs> yeah. I felt terrible. I, I actually laughed at my own ridiculousness all the way to the car. And then when I got home, I had to just tell Jed, like, you can't let me go in there alone. But did Don't you find what you needed? Absolutely. Okay, okay. good. I was expecting you to get home and try it and finally it discover didn't it didn't work. No, no. no. It Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I just good. have to tell on myself and that if you're listening from that place, I won't mention Mm-hmm. And I was rude to you. I'm really, really sorry. And I will try to do better. Okay. We'll hold you to that. <laughs> so you were in North Indy this past weekend. Yes, sir. And I told you I wanted to talk to you about worship because the whole design of the service, it was about unity and Barry preached. And thank goodness you're here to give us insight into your message. But first I want to talk about you, Marin, and your worship set, because the way, the so, I don't know if it was the songs you chose or um, the environment that you set. This is, I can't speak for the other campuses, but I know that the other worship directors and associate pastors do this, but I, I just kind of want to like glimpse into your process. How, for, for an environment that, because I felt like such a powerful I was ready to hear Barry's message yesterday after worship, after listening to the songs and participating in worship. And so can you share a little bit about like how you go about choosing songs? Cause we've known the service is coming for a while. Like how do you decide what songs to pick and the arrangements and what, what is that process for you? Um, well, first of all, thank you. And like, that's, that's the job of the Holy spirit. Like we walk into the building, palms up. Okay, Lord. Here we are. So if if you got to that point where it was like, yes, now I can just receive the word, then mm-hmm. thank you, Lord. It, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, of course, I pray as I'm choosing songs. Um, and it's actually one of the more, it kind of gives me a little anxiety every time of just like, okay, we have so many songs to choose from. Um, which are the ones, Lord, that that you want for this particular service or in my case for this particular campus Mm. Um, going to three campuses is a different thing all just on its own. Um, So you start with prayer because I think that, I don't know, 
I would assume. Well, you just pick songs that we always sing. And so mm-hmm. we're just going to. I don't do that. I, yeah. I, I could never do that. I think that's that. really important. No, I start with prayer and I, I make a longer list than I need. And then even on that list, just pray as I weed it down. Um, and then I think about how one song flows into another. I think mm-hmm. about um, uh, themes and lyrics and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. When when I'm, well, when we're preaching, we always have a big idea. Like mm-hmm. the one thing we really want people to, to know or hear or learn from the message. Do you feel the same way about the set that you put together? Is there like a big idea or a big takeaway? If it is possible to support the idea in some way, that's helpful. To support the message idea? The message, the message, big idea. Well, what so, about the like the worship set itself? Do, do you feel like, or is that what you no, were saying? You don't. No, I don't have like a big idea for the worship set itself. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's not themed. A lot of times we'll have responsive elements that are more directly linked to mm-hmm. what the sermon was about, but all the preliminary stuff, I, good example, when we did the sermon series on fiscal responsibility, right? <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of worship songs yeah. out there that could like <laughs> really help set that up. Yeah. So yeah, the front end stuff um, doesn't, have to like buy any kind of rule, like tie directly into the sermon. Right. Um, sometimes it can be helpful when it does, particularly like maybe the last song, the one that's closest to the sermon. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I just um, pray and consider the the flow and how one song goes into another. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how it gets put together. So it's really the Holy Spirit's awesomeness when all that work results in okay, he's here, he's in our mm-hmm. midst, we're ready. Let's open our hearts to this word. And Is it usually the same arrangements for the songs that you choose or do you like customize the arrangements for every song? Because it felt a little different yesterday. Yeah, I think for me, we, we have some like standard arrangements that we use all the time. But again, I go to three different campuses mm-hmm. and I have different musicians all the time. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be customized to some degree. Um, and- sometimes again, just kind of like to get one song to flow into another song, I might customize it even more Mm -hmm. um, just to have it have that flow. Um, Yeah. And yet even other things are customized like in the moment. So that's good. Well, yeah, I appreciate that because everybody has their different process, obviously. If you lead worship, you have a different process of selecting songs for the moment. um, And, I don't know, yesterday just felt really powerful. And the people I was with, we actually brought guests to service. And it it was like, oh man, it feels so good to have them bear witness to what this moment feels like right now. Hmm. Um, So yeah, thanks for giving us a little glimpse behind the curtain. Thank you for that encouragement. Yeah, Worship is such a subjective thing. And not everybody is yeah, going to walk away with the same opinion. <laughs> I usually hate it, but yesterday was really good. <laughs> so not true. Yeah. No, you'll. I think like you pastors do, we get different feedback from different people yeah. and over the same thing. And some will be like, hey man, I just couldn't, I wasn't there. And some will be like, yeah, that was awesome. Right. So, <laughs> right. I don't know. Like I'm just trying to serve and do what I can. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit right. really does the rest. Um, I think- Music is such an inherently emotional thing, but the music that we are singing when we come to church should be and is inherently truthful. And there's a powerful thing that happens when your emotions can connect with truth. 
Yeah. And when the two go hand in hand, um, we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. What more can I say? Like, that's what I'm trying to make happen every time. That's awesome. Do you have a, do you have a favorite worship song? I do, but we don't sing them here. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What's it called? What's it called? Oh goodness. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I love, there's a band called Aradna and they're an Indian band. They sing in Nepali. They sing, um, there's so many languages in India. And they, we they know in, Aradna. Okay. <laughs> yes, you do. I have no idea who that is. No, they're just, they're like my go-to. All right, okay. it's time to like get some worship on and oh my goodness, beautiful, beautiful. And not sung in English. So I'll mm. go and I'll look up the translations to these songs and there's, I think maybe because we like everything to rhyme. Yeah. (laughs) They can say things lyrically that are just so deep and complex. And I don't see reflected in just kind of modern rhymey songs. Um, When, for instance, one of the songs says um, just, it's it's a song about following Jesus on Mm -hmm. like a path. And it says, give me just the dust of your feet. Mm. And I'm like, Yes, yes, yes. I can't sing it. It's not in English, but boy, do I love this song and that sentiment. And it's Mm. just, it just goes on and on like that. Albums and albums that Mm. they have that I'm just. But they, but they don't rhyme. Yeah, I don't Um, think that's going to work. Language, I don't know, (laughs) but I mean, just the most worshipful stuff. I love it. Cool. All right, so turning the corner, we had a sermon about unity that guys I have been dreading for five weeks to talk about this on this podcast episode. So let's just do it. Let's just dive in, <laughs> rip the bandaid off yeah. and go there. Cause Barry, you're here. You gave a fantastic message about unity. Thanks. Um, it was quite the spanking that I didn't know I had coming, but let's talk about it because unifying in 2018 for me and for a number of people I imagine is, is like next to impossible. So can you, summarize or give us a big idea for people who may have missed it yesterday or this past weekend or have it of uh, just kind of forgotten what we talked about in services last weekend. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest too. I feel like in some ways I've been dreading this message as well. I've known that I was going to be giving it for a while. Um, but when I read the, the passage and read the prayer of Jesus again and again, and realized that he was actually praying that we would be unified as he and his father are unified and that that unity would be how the world knows that his message is legit, that he is who he says he is. Am I the only one who did not dread this message? I was so stoked about this message. I love that. But here's why I, here's why I dreaded it because (laughs) I love that (laughs) idea. Let's all just get together. Uh, Well, no, I mean, yeah. Leave me alone. And I'm like, that's, that's so great. What a great idea. Let's all be unified. But then I'm like, but how? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. great that Jesus prayed that, but how? Yeah. And so I really wrestled with it because I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to tell these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so I had to, I had to pray a lot and, and search scripture and, and what ended up coming to me, which you heard in the sermon was um, to answer the question, how I realized that there were, there were great answers already, mm-hmm. already written in the last supper dialogue that we see 
uh, in John 13 through 17. And we'd already covered it on these different weeks. And each one of those things puts together a little glimpse of what it means to be a Christ follower, all of which leads to the outcome mm-hmm. of unity. Rather than unity being something that we are necessarily directly working on, it's an outcome of our lives being transformed by the things that we've already been talking about in this series. Mm-hmm. So once I, once I kind of got that insight and I feel like, I really feel like the spirit gave me that insight. I was like, Oh, okay. That I can, I can deal with. We can talk about that. We can talk about what it means to be a transformed Christ follower and look at the last three weeks. And, um, and those things being willing to be uh, pruned, washing people's feet and to touch with the Holy spirit. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those three things. And so it, all that to say the the big idea for the message, the whole message um, was if we want the world to know Jesus, then we have to be unified like never before mm-hmm. uh, because according to Christ, our, our entire message relies on, it rests on our unity. And if we're not unified, the inverse seems to be true. If we're not unified, then our message doesn't hold water and, yeah. and our entire point of existing seems to kind of fade. So yeah. we have to be unified. But part of the message I I focused in on um, some of the realities of where the church has been. I talked about the the New Testament and how you can see so many calls to unity and to love and like the, all the gospel, all the, um, the apostles constantly came back to it again and again, which one shows how important it is. Yeah. But that was huge. Yeah. But also shows that they clearly weren't figuring it out. People yeah. were clearly having problems with it. They wouldn't have to talk about it that much if it was easy. Um, and then I talked about, okay, let's look at the last 2000 years. And I talked about denominations and how we've chosen to separate ourselves from one another around theological lines and um, things like that. And then I talked about just the fact that right now in our culture, in our world, people are, we are dividing ourselves. We're hurting into different clumps around identities and social issues and opinions. And uh, we're just all these things. We are, we are completely isolating ourselves and it's happening within the church. And the the one thing I'll, I'll say, and then we can just talk about it. But the one thing that I, I felt really uh, broke my heart was not only are, you know, I, I mentioned that we've all been saying things like, I don't want to be associated with those Christians. Yeah. And, and a couple of podcasts ago, you I mentioned definitely like, said it. You said with like <laughs> yeah. with like bullet the bullet crowns. And yeah. I, I've said the same things about yeah. like Westboro Baptist and you know, really extreme people that don't seem to represent the gospel in any discernible yeah. way. I, I don't want to be associated with those. But then what I said in the message, and I still it still breaks my heart, is the fact that I've heard grace people say that same thing about other grace people. Yes. And to me that is sort of the root of the problem because if we as, as an individual church, much less a denomination, much less mm-hmm. the American church, much less the global mm-hmm. church, if we as a congregation can't be unified, then, then wow, we've got some work to do. So that that's- Did any of those people mention me by name that they don't want to be like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss okay. that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so you definitely think unification- is possible today. I think it's possible because it, it was essentially the, it was the DNA of, of what the church was meant to be from the beginning. I don't think that Jesus would have prayed this if it was impossible. And I don't think the apostles would have continuously uh, brought this before the church if it was impossible. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible, but I don't think it's easy. The service began um, with a quote from C.S. Lewis when all is said and truly said about the divisions of Christendom, there remains by God's mercy, an enormous common ground. 
what is that enormous common ground? Is it enormous? Like that's, that's how he's describing it. And, and as you said, abiding in Christ, yep, that's common to all of us. Listening to the advocate, yep, we all better be listening to the Holy Spirit, washing each other's feet. I think those three things already kind of provide a pretty large common mm. ground, but is, mm-hmm. you know, beyond or, or maybe in addition to all these things, why would he describe it that way as an enormous common ground? Mm. Well, I think, based on looking at that quote, I think uh, the the common ground that we share is the love of Christ mm-hmm. and the transformation in our own hearts of what he's, what he's done on the cross. Like that is something we all share. And the problem is we take that and we make that just a theological bullet point mm. on a list of other doctrinal beliefs that we find e- equally important, but it's not. It's not equally important. That is it. That Mm -hmm. is the whole shebang. The Mm -hmm. fact that Christ came and died and rose again and that we can now live in him and he in us. That to me is the common ground that all Christ followers across time and across the world, across cultures that we share. And once we choose to make that our core and make that our core identity, and and as long as we're willing to set aside some of the other things that we've found so important, then- yeah, that's the common ground. I, I mm-hmm. if we can do that, we can find the common ground and we can be be one. It seems to me like we take whatever our opinions are and we attach them to our Jesus. Right. So if you're, uh, maybe you do. If you're a bullet crown person, <laughs> I definitely you're not that. just a bullet crown person. You're a bullet crown person in church attaching yes. it to your right. Jesus. Right. You know, and if if you're on whatever political end of the spectrum, you attach that to your Jesus, right. and you bring that to church. Like, so you're saying, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Jesus is Jesus, him alone. And to make that the tie that binds. Yeah. Now that's obviously a really easy reductionistic thing to say that like, oh, just believe Jesus and all your differences <laughs> don't matter anymore. Cause obviously, you know, no, there's, the, the, even when you get there though, there's like splintering of it because you're like, some people are like, yeah, Jesus is like the sword in the mouth guy. Like he's not putting up with your nonsense. And then there's other people like he's a shepherd and right. uh, you know, there's even him and his I character. That doesn't bother me at all. Like to me, that's iron sharpening iron. Cause he is all those things. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but yet he's mm-hmm. a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Like mm-hmm. that's all great. That's the good stuff. Like, uh, yeah, let's keep doing that so we yeah. can keep sharpening lion, one another. Lion and the lamb. Right. One. Yeah. Right but you have a but coming. Well, I'm just, uh, I think we take earthly concepts, earthly labels, and we put them on Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is a fill in the blank because I am. Mm, And because I feel so passionately about this, he must too. Right, right. And because this seems right to me, this seems moral to me, therefore Jesus couldn't, yeah, couldn't believe otherwise. So I'm an eight on the Enneagram. And eights from what I've read and learned, like we have a really hard time not understanding why everybody else doesn't see things the way that we do. Yeah, (laughs) We have a really hard time with that. And so I wonder if we, if I do that with Jesus as well, I'm like, of course Jesus sees it the way I see it because that is the right way to think about this. Or that is, of course that's immoral or that is moral or my judgments, I, I mold onto Jesus. And I wonder if Mm. 
that's part of our problem. What you're saying, Marin, is that we all kind of make him. Yeah, I think that's our the, own version. That's the hurting thing, the H E R D I N G thing that you were talking about. Like, and that's where iron sharpens iron. If you and a bunch of other people like you just mm-hmm. felt, well, of course he's like us. Of course, no, 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 no. and you shut other people out. Then mm-hmm. where is the sharpening? Yeah. Where's the counterbalance? So yeah. one of the the things that comes to mind as we think about, as we talk about this is um, if you, without getting into like extremely like political stuff, if you really just take a big wide view of conservative and liberal politics or Republican Democrat, you, you basically have, and I know there's nuance to this, but essentially you have one group of people saying that liberty, that freedom and the ability to, to make it on your own and have Mm -hmm. that freedom. That's the most important thing. And they would say, look at Christ and look at the freedom he offered, like freedom and being, being able to be free of, of the power of tyranny and being able to be your own person. That's a great thing. It's, and, and clearly mm-hmm. you can see that Christ also, it was, you know, for freedom that we've been set free, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's, and then on the other side, you've got people who say, no, justice is the most important thing. Those mm-hmm. are, there are people who are not free. They need justice. They need, they need uh, those who have power to use their power to bring, to uplift the, mm-hmm. the, those who are, you know, suffering from injustice. And so justice, so you've got liberty on one side, justice mm-hmm. on the other, and both groups can easily find within Christ exactly what they think is, yep. is so important. And what happens then is you've got people who, if you're really concerned about justice and, and that's your most important thing, that's all you're going to find when you read about Christ. You're not going to mm-hmm. hear him talking about freedom. You're not going to totally. hear him talking about individual, uh, you know, Liberty, you're going to hear him talking about justice for the poor and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I wonder if part of the beauty of this common ground is that it it is iron sharpen, sharpens iron, Marin. It, it is a, an opportunity for us to understand deeper nuances of who Christ is, what he stood for and what the truth actually is. Because the truth is none of us have a full Mm-hmm. complete understanding of who Christ is. It, that's mm-hmm. the whole reason we have scripture. That's the whole reason we have the church because we are incomplete until we together seek the mind of God. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot about where do I see like a depth of unity naturally occurring? Um, I've tried to think about it a lot. Um, and one thing I keep coming back to um I used to sing and uh, volunteer for like a celebrate recovery. Um, it's like a AA type type thing. It's um, addiction recovery and things like that. Yeah. And there's there's unity at the foot of the cross, and and it's mm. so cliche to say, but when you're at the end of yourself and you recognize that you have a problem and you're you're seeking. Uh, victory through Christ, yeah. there is unity there. I think totally. a huge part of what keeps unity from happening anywhere else is pride. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the, the people that I was singing with, there was no pride in that room, mm. and it was mm. the most profoundly beautiful and united thing that I've had a, a privilege of being a part of. You're totally. I think you're totally right. I think. When I think about my own experiences and where I've felt the most unified, like where, what rooms have I been in that feel the most unified or what spaces? It's never the rooms where pride or ego or individualism is like 
forefront of people's minds. Like nobody's trying to stand out. It's always, it's always the spaces that, um, where people are willing to be vulnerable and broken and admit fault. And yeah, I wonder if that, I wonder if that is the thing that gets us to, okay, we both have a shared vision because I've, I've seen your brokenness. You've seen mine. Now we have a shared vision of what's possible between us. I know that I believe different nuances about how to live than you do, but at least we know that we're both broken Mm -hmm. and at least we know we can go to the same place, Mm -hmm. like our same vision. I wonder if that is it. Well, I, yeah, I use the phrase race to the bottom yeah, uh, to describe the love that the Trinity has for itself. It's all very weird, <laughs> deep, but, but the, the love that, that, you know, that Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father have for one another is a self-giving love. And mm-hmm. in some sense, getting really metaphysical here, but in some sense, the creation of this universe was a self-giving love an act of self-giving love on the part of God, the creator who willingly created something which would have the option Mm -hmm. of not choosing him. And and so even the very act of creation was an act of self-giving love. And I think the the challenge, but also the beauty of, of what Christ is calling us to, especially in this prayer for unity is to join him in that act where we are continuing that act of creation with self-giving love to the point where we are dying to ourselves, where we are racing to the bottom Hmm. to to fulfill what Jesus described when he talked about the kingdom of God as a place of people who uh, were the last are first and the first are last. And where Mm -hmm. all the stuff we talked about when we were talking about washing feet, Mm -hmm. that symbol is what it even means to live. Hmm you're not humble because it's a nice thing to do as a Christian. You're humble because that's what Christ is. Mm. Yeah. And that's who we're meant to be. So mm. if we were all, like you say, if we were all acknowledging our own brokenness, acknowledging the brokenness of others and, and sitting at the foot of the cross together, yeah, there would be unity, but we don't get there because we've let other things, we've let our politics, we've let our opinions, whatever, keep us from being in, even in the room with the people Mm-hmm. That and and giving us an opportunity to even talk to them to find out about their brokenness. We don't want to hear about their brokenness because we don't want to. We don't want to be. We don't want to be associated with them. We don't want to be seen with them. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So we've been pretty open um, on this on this show as well as like Grace emails and videos the past like three or four months about some of the really hard things that this church has experienced. Um, we've been we've talked about feedback that our leaders have gotten um, about a lot of the changes that are happening and some of it's positive, some of it's negative. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a covenant community meeting where um, that the covenant community is like Grace's form of membership. So we had a membership meeting and I remember walking into that meeting being like, oh man, I don't even know what to expect because it was basically a forum where Dave was the primary speaker. There were others, there were other speakers there, but Dave was the primary speaker and it felt like um, people were coming there with, you yeah. know. Loaded for bear. Yeah. yeah. And they had questions and you were going to answer them. Like it felt, it felt like it could be um, a hard environment or an awkward at right. best right. to sit in. There was going to be an open mic in a room full of however many hundreds of people. Yeah. yeah. And it's it, always touchy. It felt, 
it felt really, yeah, touch and go. Um, and then Dave started speaking and he spoke, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour, but it was, it was like the most vulnerable, the most emotional, the most honest that I've personally ever seen Dave, um, speak publicly. And I remember sitting, uh, next to Amy Christie in that meeting. And I I remember saying, this will unify us more than anything that else that we could have done is watching our leader. I mean, he was apologizing for things. He was admitting his, his faults. He was admitting things that he may not have seen coming. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I remember saying this will unify us more than anything else we've done to this point. And I feel like Mm. that was a turning point for us like the the feedback I've gotten oh, yeah. as a communications leader, like I, I just feel like that was a turning point for how we're moving forward together. It was a unifying moment. And so yeah. I do think that the the idea of letting our pride go and allowing our brokenness to surface and showing each other our brokenness and vulnerability and the willingness to move forward, uh, maybe that's that's the key ingredient. But it's really, really hard because- mm the moment you expose your brokenness, that's the moment where you're most vulnerable to being hurt. Totally. It's scary. And, and, and it's, I wish I could say that, that everybody who's ever become fully broken around others comes away un, unharmed, but there it's with other broken people in the same, in the same space, you're going to have people, uh, saying the wrong things, uh, abusing the privilege of knowing your brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, that's the problem of us all being broken together, which again comes back to the fact that we really, really need Jesus mm. uh, because that that love and forgiveness that he offers and that he teaches us to have is, it's vital. I, I, so yeah, I guess I'm curious, what do you guys think? What spaces, we can't create like a program where people can get in a room and like be broken together. Well, actually- <laughs> We've rooted, got one coming up. <laughs> rooted actually has some pretty- yeah. I see you've got your workbook open right now, Maren. What are you, Maren, what are you thinking about? Rooted book. She's trying to catch up. No, we meet no. tomorrow. She's trying to catch up. She's been taking notes while, while she's yeah. not chatting. Yeah. No, these, these themes are strong. Um, they're timeless truths. Um, especially if you've been walking with Christ for a long time, you read rooted and you're like, yep. Yeah. And yes. And also yes to that. Like, yeah. like what are some examples maybe? Um, Initially, I mean, within the first couple of weeks about like what it basically means to surrender your life to Christ, mm. what it means to live a life of prayer. Um, I think next week we're learning what it means to live a life of service. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of the fundamentals of of Christianity. And, yeah, what it means uh, to live a Christian life. The importance of making your roots go deep so mm. that when trouble comes, you know, you you stay. I was just reading the, the parable of the seed and the sower where it talked about... Um, the seed that went into the ground and received the word with gladness, but then at the first sign of trouble, because it did not have deep roots, yeah. like withered and died. Yeah. That one, yeah. that one. I don't want to be that one. So I want to have, <laughs> I want to have deep roots. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, as a staff, we've been doing rooted in groups of about 12, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Small group type setting. And there's definitely opportunity there to be vulnerable, especially if you're in Tyler's group. Mm. Um, what is that supposed to mean? You know exactly what that means. <laughs> well, no, I don't. What does that I'm mean? I'm in Tyler's group. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. Like, asked the most profoundly, like deeply challenging question directly to me because he knows. Yeah. He knows. 
Yeah, no, it was about suffering and oh, yeah. stuff going on in my family. <laughs> That's right. And he's, he's it's like, Marin, you've you've got something to share. Marin, Why don't you share something about suffering? You're currently suffering. Would you tell us how that is transforming <laughs> oh your life? Yeah, as an aide, he's like, "Why wouldn't you?" This yeah, is a I perfect opportunity. I did that. Oh, our our group this last week, I noticed um, we. I was surprised at just how vulnerable people were. And one person's vulnerability was opening up another person's vulnerability and right. it became a, a safe place. And this mm-hmm. week we're, we're praying about strongholds yeah. that are like footholds that Satan has, that the evil one has in our lives or that we've allowed him to have through our own brokenness or mistakes or, or choices. And it's going to force us to be really honest with one another. And so you're right. This is a great space for that. Yeah. And I assume as we move forward into the future with rooted groups forming, these are not going to be groups of all like, like-minded people sitting totally. in a circle. They're going to be very different and. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. I looked up the lyrics to um, the old hymn, blessed be the tie that binds. <laughs> um, blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. If you're familiar with it, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above, but I really love the second verse before our father's throne. We pour our ardent prayers, our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. So I just love that he listed out the things that make us one again, when we're talking about those, that enormous common ground and what are the things we have in common? Yeah. Um, our fears, our hopes, our aims, um, our comforts and our concerns. Mm. Um, there is an enormous common crown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you going back to the three things yeah. we're supposed to do, um, listening to the advocate, paying mm. attention. Mm. Um, last week, my job at Grace is, is one where like, I interact with almost every ministry. And when ministries are happy, great. Everything's great. When ministries are not happy, I hear all about it. Right. So like for dropping balls or whatever, like I hear it. Okay. So I had a, had a run in with a different ministry at staff of staff last week. And, um, I try, I, I, like I said, I'm an eight And so I go into these meetings where I know it's probably going to be, we're going to have different opinions on how we should have handled things. Right. And so I am somebody that's like, no, we handled it the best way we could have handled it. And that's it. And we decided and we're done and let's go. We don't need to be friends. We could be cohort. Like it's fine. Right. But this was a meeting where it took like two hours and I was sitting there and I was like, okay, you, and you, you, the way you put it this weekend is human, human wisdom will never be enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what, what is the advocate telling me right now? What am I supposed to be doing that will wash these people's feet, so to speak? And, um, because everything inside of me wanted to tell them my opinion, yeah. fight back, push back, like explain myself, be right. Like, that is my natural yeah. pattern of behavior. And so I sat there for two hours and I, t- I listened to them. I took it and like, I apologize for things. Um, I don't know if I really like, I apologize because I knew that they were hurting. I knew that something like was super upset 
in, inside of them. And I had something to do with that. And so my point is I had to stop and pause and listen mm-hmm. to the moment, listen to the Holy Spirit, figure out how I'm going to wash these people's feet yeah. because my opinions are not what's important. If I want to move forward with this ministry in the future, we have to be unified. We have to be. Right. And so it's not going to help if we just sit here for two hours and we fight. So I sat there and I listened. And at the end of the meeting, it was like, man, it really felt good. I mean, they even said it really, I really appreciate you sitting here and listening. I know that this is not all your fault, but I needed to vent. And so, and I, you know, it was good that we were able to move forward and I don't know that that would have been possible on my human wisdom alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think right. that's an example of what you were talking about. Like, that's a great example. Cause yeah, human wisdom would be you coming out of that meeting vindicated and right. Yeah. And everybody would be, you know, bowing at your feet for how, yeah. how wise and smart you are. But that's not, yeah, but that would not be unifying except to unify people in their, yeah. their distaste of, of you probably. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great example. And I love that you, actually paused to, to yeah. wonder what the Holy Spirit was, was yeah. nudging you to do. Because That's tr- the best part of that whole story. <laughs> That's awesome. Because truth be told, I know, I knew that this was coming. I knew that your sermon was coming. I knew that this episode was coming. And I'm like, this is an area of brokenness inside of me that I feel like I always have to be right. Mm. I always have to do it. I, and um, I think again, thinking back to times where like, I have felt unified with people I disagree with are always the times where one of us chooses just to listen to the other person. Mm-hmm. And one of us like lays down and says, they don't like say I'm right or wrong, or I don't say that you're right or wrong. We just sit there and we sit in our brokenness. We're like, yeah, I feel that too. I know I'm, that's really hard. I, I, I don't understand your pain, but I, I, I am here in this moment with yeah. you. And I, I, I'm, I'm hearing you, you know? Yeah. It's always those moments. Yeah. You made every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Yeah. Like all you did was do exactly what the scriptures tell us to do. Yeah. You made an effort to keep that unity. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right on. So are you Red Vines or Twizzler people? This was a huge thing in my house. When, when the video before the service, it was like Red Vines, Twizzlers. What were the other ones? Slurpee or Icy? Yeah. And then it got into more serious ones, but. Which are you? The correct answer is Twizzlers. Oh, guys. I, I super don't care. Marin, <laughs> you don't like either one or just, you like both? Just, are you are you washing our feet by not getting care. into this? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, She's honestly, unifying us, Tyler. I did not know that Red Vines existed until there was some SNL video like about the chronic, what coals of Narnia yeah, and Red like Mr. Pibb and Red Vines equals crazy delicious. That's the first time I ever heard of Red Vines. What? Yeah. I just come from a Twizzlers region. <laughs> That's and also, not an excuse. Also though, I don't care. <laughs> also, and probably more importantly. All right, cool. Well, we'll stop talking about that no. then. <laughs> there are things Shut I do down. care about. Like if you say soda or pop, like. I well, yeah, but that's, you're that's, talking about the same thing an there. And I'm the answer is. Words. Soda. Words are important. <laughs> the answer is soda, right? The answer is pop. Oh my. Coke. So <laughs> this is, <laughs> my son and I were talking about this last night and there's, oh, do I still have it? It's on my computer. There's actually a map of the United States yeah. color coded about like who says what and where. 
and like the Midwest. Oh yeah, that's pop. I've seen this. The South is like Coke. Everything's a Coke, whether it's Coke or not. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's the Easterners that say like soda more than anything. I was but born in Massachusetts. So I this, came here when I was one, but I this, guess it rubbed off on this me. This map was a lot like the the graphs that you showed us at the beginning of your sermon yesterday. <laughs> right, with all the, the denominations and oh stuff. Oh my goodness, what a mess. I'm yeah. s- th- that was entertaining and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah. What do you call it, Tyler? For real? Soda or pop? Yeah. Soda um, pop? I call it... <laughs> yeah, soda pop. Unify. I call it pop, probably. Okay. Not soda. Midwest You is guys best. are true Midwesterners, and I'm just a, a Yankee... <laughs> Um, so any other thoughts on uni- unity? Because <laughs> no, I think we got it. We're ready to go. We're all done. We all did uh, it. Boom. Because what? What were you going to say? Well, because this came in a weekend where like March for our lives was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, you know, a bunch of teenagers rallying the country around a cause or a thing. Like even that is sowing disunity. I've already, I've already seen it. People yeah. coming back at these teenagers, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. One of the, the girls that was, has become kind of a spokesperson who was Emma part of Gonzalez. School. Yeah. She was, there was a picture of her ripping up a gun target. Yeah. Have you seen that? Like yeah. it was just a paper target mm-hmm. and someone had Photoshopped it to look like she was ripping up an image of the constitution. Oh yeah. Word. So that's happening. Yeah. We talked about yep. Bill Hybels and all of the sexual misconduct stuff just swirling around. And I'm like, disunity seems like the place we're going to be for a while, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you, Barry. I'm going to trust you that it's possible. Well, here, and that we can here's do the it. thing. We have no control. Uh, the people in this room or the people here at Grace, we have zero control over the unity of this country or of the, even the American church. Totally. All we can do is have mm-hmm. control. Well, really just of our own hearts, but mm-hmm. as a church, we can seek to be a community in, in a tiny little grain of sand in the whole, the whole beach of, of the world. But we can, we can be unified if we work at it, if we create that culture and maybe it'll spread. Maybe it'll influence. And but leading, that's really leading all we by example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way that you, Tyler, in that meeting chose to. Yeah. Everybody, let just follow your me. Pride I'll down. take it from here, everybody. Yeah. Let it go. Because <laughs> we've we've talked a lot. At least I've I've noticed over the last few years about how much easier it would be if we just picked a side as a, as a church. Totally. Mm-hmm. If we just picked a side, uh, uh, you know, some political side or picked a side on some issues or whatever, and we were just super clear about it, like it would be so much easier because then the people who don't like it would leave and the people who do like it would know that that's what we stand for. They'd come in the door and this happens all the time. We have such a hard time because we have, feel like we have to make a statement every couple of weeks mm-hmm. almost. I, I joke that we have like a part, an addition to our liturgy in the weekends is our, is our <laughs> public statement about yeah. something. But, you know, we've, we've been talking so much about how just, it would just, you know, daydreaming like, man, wouldn't it be great if it was just this and if this was the only types of people yeah. that, that came in here, whatever this or that. Um, but we've stayed committed to being a church that is a big tent mm-hmm. that has people from multiple viewpoints that has a diversity, <clears throat> a diversity of opinions, a diversity of, of political persuasions and man, that's hard. But mm-hmm. I also think that's probably what needs to happen because yeah. You can't unify. You can't even show the world what unity looks like if everybody already has the same mindset. Okay, fine. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. 
Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. That's two verses. But forgive anyone who offends you. Can you imagine like before (laughs) that person sits down to make whatever meme he's about to make or she's about to make, like they got this really clever idea they want to share with the world. Can you imagine if just in that moment they... (laughs) <laughs> they let their pride go yeah. or they thought about, you know, keeping, making every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, Yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm talking about the church within the church. Like if we made every effort, if we forgave anyone who offended us, like, can we just try to start there? Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, that's and certainly make, uh, make allowances for other people's faults. We are not phenomenal at that <laughs> to say the yeah. least. Definitely. We got to get better at that. That's something that's super aspirational for me, for sure. So basically this sermon was hardly, you know, (laughs) job well done. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next one. This was just sort of continuing the conversation because we've got decades of work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I actually wrote in my sermon notes, Lord, please don't let this go in one ear and out the other. Like, I don't want it to be like one and done on the next one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for giving us this message. It's like I said, it's something for me personally that it's a journey for sure. And uh, I have not arrived, but I hope to uh, be unified with all of you and uh, move forward together. So everyone give Tyler lots of opportunities to practice letting his pride go. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, please. I'll be looking forward to that. Guys, where are we going from here? It's We're doing Easter things, right? Yeah, Good Friday service. Good Friday. I think it's uh, 6.30 here at the 146th Street campus. It's a centralized event, which means it's for all three of our campuses. Yeah, so what can people expect at this experience? What, what do you know? Like what, what should people expect if they come to this experience? I know there's a family experience that's mm-hmm. happening, I think in the lobby for families with younger kids. Mm-hmm. And then my involvement is of course in music and there yeah. will be um, some corporate worship songs at our Good Friday. It's only 45 minutes. The service yeah. is pretty short. Um, but then the choir, I love mm-hmm. the choir. The mm-hmm. choir will be singing other pieces as well. And your mom, Penny Rodriguez on Ooh, yeah. piano. Yes. On a hmm. real live wooden piano. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wait, what, what yes. does that matter? Oh, it matters. It matters a lot. A lot more beautiful sound. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Wait, really? What? Who cares if it's wooden? I care very much. But what? What is the thing? What is the? What is the? No, there's just like a, a depth and um, a warmth and a realness to the tone that you get from real instruments. All right. Straight up. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, and everybody, join us at Easter. No matter what campus you're thinking of attending, uh, bring someone with you. That'd be great. Yeah. Our Easter services are always pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully the snow will be gone by then and we can feel like it's spring and we can wear our salmon colored things and our teal and yellows and right. Isn't that what people wear on Easter? Pastels. Yeah. I'll wear my salmon. Salmon. (laughs) I don't know. What do people, yeah. Pastels. That's good. Yeah. 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 Not everything's scripted guys. I have to, I have to think off the cuff. Salmon. Salmon. Hilarious. Um, but are we doing this next week? What are we going to do next week? Marin's out of town. I'm out of town. 
We can talk. So I guess not. Barry. <laughs> we can It'll talk. be Barry next week. <laughs> hey guys, it's Barry. <laughs> the Barry Show. Yeah, so maybe there'll be a Between Sundays next week. Maybe there won't. Who knows? But tune in to find out. <laughs> How uh, do you tune in? Well, like keep refreshing your podcast. Yeah, keep, uh, just, just hang on tight. We'll be back in a second. Maybe, I'll, right? maybe I'll come in here and record by myself and I'll bring in Humphrey and he can sit quietly because he doesn't make any noise. Yeah. It's not but great the for whole podcasts. crew will be back um, as we dig into the next series, which is about the parables of Jesus, right? Oh yeah. So good. that will be April 7 and 8 and then we'll do a podcast. All the crew will be back and Who's, who's given that message is Dave. That's a great question. Oh, we don't know. I don't, okay. I don't well, it'll be a surprise know, to everybody. I know I'm like the third week in the series or something mm-hmm. like that. So all right. that's all I know. And if you want to follow bunny videos and photos, you can follow Barry on all of the social media platforms <laughs> because it is a real treat this to watch Humphrey that, every This day. is something that will unify us as yeah. a church yes. is how cute Humphrey is. Look at him here. I'm going to show you guys a video. Have you seen any this of these? This is great for, this is great, this is great potting. This is great podcasting right yeah. now. I'm going to show them a video of Humphrey eating an apple slice. And uh, if this doesn't unify us oh, yeah. as a church, nothing will. And he's cool licking, licking the drips and oh, what? Oh my goodness. No, that's too cute. That's he's like spilling it though. Maybe not as cute as a cat video. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. We're done. Guys, we are out of here. Guys, we are out of here. Marin, have a great time in Gatlinburg. Thank you, friends. We'll see you on Good Friday and Easter. And Barry, we'll see you on Easter. And everybody else, we'll see you in a couple weeks. But until then, Marin, we please send us out. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.